Hello everyone, I'm Frank Rock. Welcome to From the Hacks, Waking Up with the Scotties, Thursday edition. On today's episode, I chat with reigning Briar champion Brad Gushu, who will be looking to defend his Briar title in Calgary in about 10 days. And I recap Wednesday's action at the Scotties, and also chat with four-time world men's champion Glenn Howard, who gives us an update on his health, and we also talk some curling. My first guest today is Brad Gushu, who will be in Calgary starting late next week to defend his Briar Championship. Brad and I discuss the Scotties and the next generation of Canadian curlers. So Brad, my first question during these waking up with the Scotties features is what is your go-to beverage in the morning to help get your day off on the right foot? Really just a glass of water. Uh, I I don't drink coffee. Uh, I don't drink tea. Um, trying to stay away from sugary drinks. So just... Uh, you know, just a nice glass of water is how I start my day. Brad, you were just telling me off air that you've been watching some of the action from the Scotties where several young teams have earned the chance to participate and they've taken advantage of that opportunity and they've played well. How exciting is it for you as a fan of Canadian curling to see young next generation teams competing at an important event like the Scotties and performing well? Yeah, I, I think it's important and it's also fun to watch. I think, you know, our look after the future of the sport and someone like that team um you know that's that's the future of the team and and one thing that kind of worried me in the men's game for a long period of time was you had the same you know five or six characters that were competing week in week out and see it a little bit more in the men uh you know don stone and and uh watcher who's a little bit older now but uh in and he looks like they're they're up and coming and on the women's side, I think, you know, this Scotty's field, there's a lot of rookies in there. And, and I think the women's game right now in Canada is a little bit more wide open. You know, you, you have three or four really top teams. And then there's, um, you know, a, quite a group beyond that. Um, where in the men's game, you know, there's there's seven, eight, nine, ten teams that are, are kind of in that group. So it's not quite as wide open. Um, so it is, it is fun to watch and, and see a team like the, the Quebec team, you know, going and competing against, you know, the top women's teams, giving them a game, beating them uh, occasionally. Uh, that's that's fun to see. One of the areas where we've seen younger teams struggle at the Scotties this week is when it comes to strategy, especially late in games versus veteran teams. How many Briar appearances did it take you before you started feeling like you were on an even playing field from a strategy perspective in big games with the likes of Glenn Howard, Jeff Stoughton, and Kevin Martin, among others? Yeah, that, that's and I'll, I'll kind of answer it in two different parts. I think for me, I think my third briar, I really felt like I was comfortable in a briar. Um, still feeling comfortable with the crowds, the arena ice, the whole kind of uh, routine of playing in the briar. It's briar. Obviously, I know this year is different for both the Scotties and the briar. But there's that component where you have to be comfortable out on the ice and on the surface that you mentioned about is feeling that you're you know comfortable playing one of the top teams the kevin martins and howards of the world uh, on the side or or in in uh, inside the jennifer jones anderson and holman i don't necessarily think that's going to come in how many briars or scotty someone plays i think that really comes from just grinding it out on tour and, and playing in the sims and, and just playing regular tour events and face those teams a few times and really 
but you know, that St. George team is, is going to find most young teams is they can shoot all the top teams is understanding the nuance of the game of, of when, to, you know, when to change strategy, when to dial it back, when to take advantage of an opportunity. And those kind of, uh, you know, the, the sixth sense, I guess, of curling, it really comes from just playing and playing against those top teams and getting into pressure situations, whether it's the semifinal of a Grand Slam or the final of a, you know, a smaller tour event. You know, that's where you gain that in-game experience that when you combine that with a few Scotties or Briar appearances, then all of a sudden you're at a level where you can compete to win. There's been a push online lately, Brad, uh, from some people to get more of the younger Canadian teams involved in events such as the Slams, the Canada Cup, and even the Briar and Scotties. Are you among those that believe that these young teams uh, would be well served if more spots were opened up for younger teams at those events? No, simple answer, and, and you know I'll, I'll obviously go ahead and, and explain it. Uh, I think adding teams to uh, Broadway, Canada Cup trials, slams. I don't think that's really going to benefit the game. Um, you know, all if you know when you look at some of the slams, you have sixteen teams. There's there's a fairly disparity between the top and the bottom teams in in those slams. Uh, if we adding in that disparity increase more and more. And when you're looking at a development of a young team or, or an individual, if you go out and play the top teams over and over again and, and continuously lose, you're really learning how to win. And important to have those opportunities to play the top teams for sure. You also have to play some teams that are at your level or slightly your level so you can learn how to win yourself into close games and how to deal with, you know, having to make that last shot or how to, you know, knowing when to go aggressive or go defensive and learn that part of it. And then you kind of take those gradual steps to get to the top teams. Top teams occasionally in the mix of all that is a great experience because it, it can act as a burden kind of where you are and, and how you need to improve. But if we have kids at a junior and, and jump in playing Jennifer Jones, Rachel, and, and Carrie Anderson right off the bat, confidence is going to be diminished darn quick because they lose nine out of 10 times. And if, if they can play them once or then play some other teams that are a little quicker and, you know, they beat those teams seven or eight times out of 10, and then they lose the, that one or two against Holman and, and Jones, all of a sudden, I think from a development standpoint, those teams are going to be in a much better place. Now, granted, it's going to take, you know, four or five, six years for them to get to where they need to go, but I don't think throwing them into of playing top teams is going to be beneficial. And, um, you know, I think if you, you you look at all the others, you know, whether it's baseball or hockey, there's there's kind of a, you know, there's minor league systems in all of those. And, you know, in baseball, we're in the ropes in AAA. So to the major leagues, they're, they're ready to compete. And, you know, I, I think if we take the slams from six teams to, to 24 teams, you know, you're still going to see the same 16 teams advance. But then the other thing you got to think about is, you know, these events are, are also TV. And for me as a viewer and someone that, enjoys, you know, watching curling on TV, I don't want to really see um, nine games, eight to two games. I want to see tight, I see battles. I want to see, I want to see the top 
battle it out. But then I also don't mind seeing some of those upcoming teams play other up and coming teams where we came. You know, I don't I don't want to see those those mismatches. Those aren't fun to watch. What was it like for your team when you first started breaking out into the slams? We came out, um, you know, we were slams first started and they had the, you know, the, the so-called slammers. And we were one of the teams that would get invites to, to replace another team. We were a filler team. We got invited a, a few times and we were nowhere near ready to, to get into that. And when we went up and played and, you know, we get it handed to us, like you come out of that, and, oh my God, are we ever going to get to this? And what are we doing? You know, it just, it can be confidence drain and really comes down to the, those teams and, if they can go and in that as, as really a learning experience and not crush their confidence and, and uh, kind of take away all the things that they need to improve and go work on it, then it's, you know, there's, there's some positive side to it, but there's a lot of team and a lot of, a lot of individuals that really get their confidence crushed and, and um, you know, the potential that they may never, um, you know, return from that or come around from it. So we have to be careful. And, and I think from a development I think it's the slow, cautious approach has been proven over time to work. Um, and you see it with a lot of sports now with, with their high-profile people. They're, they're reluctant to, to bring them up right away. And baseball, even with, with Vlad Guerrero, like destroying it in the minors. And, you know, we had to wait an extra six months to a year. But the seniors, you know, I know there were some contract reasons there as well. But, you know, they took that approach to make sure that when he came up, uh, he was going to be at a major league level. My last question for you, Brad, the, the significant others of both Jeff Walker and Brett Gallant from your team are currently competing in the Scotties. Will they be able to provide you with any useful information that could help your team once you get to the briar? I'm guessing the ice surface will get redone and they'll likely do a bit of work on the rocks as well. So I'm just wondering if there's anything else that they might be able to provide from an information point of view that might be helpful for your team once you get into the bubble. Yeah, I, I think from a, a rocks and a an ice perspective, no, we're not even we're not even charting or, or you know, Jeff. Well, Jeff can't go to the arena to to watch the games, um, but we're not going to take the rock book from from Laura's team or or Jocelyn or anything like that. Um, you know, we're going to figure it out once we get up there. That's what our team does. Um, you know, we're and from the ice, you know, they're going to have to flood it again once they take the logos out and put the Briar logos in. So that's going to be completely different as well. Uh, they're going to, you know, sandpaper the rocks, I'm assuming in between it. So all of that stuff is, is irrelevant. I think where we're going to learn a little bit and get a better idea is just the environment that they're experiencing in the bubble. You know, what life is like, you know, the, the swiping in and out that has to happen, the, the kind of loneliness that can happen. Um, you know, the, the atmosphere in the arena, uh, all those little processes, it just gives us a little bit better sense going in. So it takes away some, again, some of that uncertainty that I, I alluded to. So having that uh, is a bit of a benefit. But um, as far as learning anything from the game, um, I, I just can't see us getting any benefit from it uh, just because things are going to change in between with, you know, flooding the ice and in paper and the rocks. I think uh, any information that we get wouldn't, wouldn't really help us until later in the week. You know, if they paper the rocks, maybe the tendencies of those rocks comes back. So if we can learn anything, you know, it wouldn't be good for us until, you know, uh, well into the round Robin. 
The morning draw on Wednesday produced one of the biggest upsets of the week so far when the Northwest Territories defeated the previously unbeaten Team Homan of Ontario. It was a first victory against Team Homan at the Scotties for Skip Kerry Galusha, who was emotional in speaking about her team's effort and victory on Thursday morning. Yeah, we sometimes are the underdog and tend to beat a big team, but honestly, I've never even really come close to beating Rachel Homan before so that was really huge for us we actually I wasn't I just wanted to give them a good game and get better than how I threw yesterday because I really struggled against Alberta in the last half so I just wanted to come out and work on a few things and that's what I did and we got some breaks and um, we're super happy right now. In other draw 13 action, wildcard team Peterson defeated Northern Ontario by a score of 9-5. to It was a third straight win for Peterson after a slow start. After the game, Peterson was asked if she would have preferred playing her final round robin game on Wednesday evening while her team is on such a roll rather than wait until Thursday afternoon. Absolutely not. <laughs> we are very, very happy to have the bye. Uh, it's, it's a long week um, and Brittany and Kat and Jenna have been sweeping a ton of rocks. So I'm, I know they're very happy to have the night off and um, my head feels like a million pounds. So I'm excited to have a nap and then have a good sleep and then not play till tomorrow afternoon. So yeah, no, our bye worked out in a good spot for us. We were pretty happy with it. A reigning Scotties champions, Team Anderson remained the only undefeated team at the Scotties with an 11-7 win over the Yukon. And wildcard team Zachariah scored a single point in the 10th to defeat Nova Scotia by a score of 6-5. After the game, sisters Mackenzie and Emily Zacharias discussed what it was like playing in their first Scotties together. Just to be able to play curling at all this year and then at the Scotties is an absolute dream come true. And then to play alongside my sister as well. Uh, it's just fantastic. Like we were able to play juniors together and now to be able to start our women's careers together as well. is just so special, but yeah, looking forward to the rest of the week as well. And hope, hopefully you'll be able to grab a couple more wins. For sure. Yeah. It's just, I mean, it's one thing to get to experience this with your team. And I look at my sister as a teammate, but to also look at her as a sister and a role model and to be able to experience this with her is just another level. And it's, it's a really cool thing to, to be able to say that I get to do it. In draw 14 action on Wednesday afternoon, Team Manitoba defeated PEI by a score of 9-5. to After the game, Skip Jen Jones talked about how important this game was to their team after an uneven start to the week. Yeah, it was a must-win for us, for sure. We needed to come out and play well, and it was a tight game. The score didn't indicate the type of game it was, and to make some big shots and big moments, which is nice for our confidence, and hopefully to even better tomorrow. Yeah, no, it was. We, we put ourselves a little bit behind the eight ball, and we knew we needed to to win this game, and we wanted to come out and just really play well as a team, and I thought this was our best team effort for sure, and so it's really exciting to see that, and hopefully uh, we'll even, like I said, step it up tomorrow and just keep getting better. After an 0-3 start to this week, New Brunswick evened the record at 3-3 three three with a 9-5 win over BC. After the game, Skip Melissa Adams, a one-time world junior champion, talked about how the team has managed to get back on track after that difficult start. I, I mean, I think it came and went the first three games. We, our confidence was there, and then we just after our third loss, we just kind of regrouped and talked about what, what we could do differently. We talked about the ice. We talked about all the little things that we were maybe just being a little bit too complicated and simplifying it a bit, and, and we just started playing a lot better. Saskatchewan improved the record to 4-2 and two after scoring two points in the 10th end for an 8-7 victory over wildcard team Fleury. After the game, Skip Sherry Anderson talked about the importance of the win for her team as they approached the end of the round robin. Oh, for sure. It was big. you got to just keep winning at this point. I mean, 
Wow. That's the big thing, right? I can handle a loss if I've curled well and we played well as a team. I struggled a little bit a couple of times there. We, we got into some trouble, missed a couple shots. enough, So it would have been disappointing to lose that one. And finally, in draw 14, Quebec rebounded from a difficult loss on Wednesday evening with a 9-4 win over Newfoundland and Labrador that gives the team the inside track on a spot in the championship pool. After the game, sisters Laurie and Emily Saint-Georges spoke about sharing their first Scotties experience together. As a big sister, I mean, I'm kind of getting emotional right now because I'm so proud of her and I'm so happy to be here with her and I have so much confidence in her and I'm really proud of her and I'm really proud of us because we we <laughs> sorry um, yeah I'm just really proud of us and um uh yeah do you want to go yeah go ahead <laughs> okay so yeah for me it's really uh amazing I've been playing with Laurie since I've been in a competition um team so for me being here I mean the same as being at the Canadian Junior, but like where we were dreaming about this day since we've been playing together. So, I mean, it's really uh, amazing. And also, uh, I'm not living with Laurie anymore. So being here to like be in a hotel uh, for two weeks, uh, well, now one week, but uh, for a long time, I mean, it's, it's been a long time since we've been uh, living together. So it's nice uh, to have this proximity. And it's nice because uh, she did my bread uh, yesterday, so it's nice. <laughs> she can do my hair. <laughs> In draw 15 action at the Scotties, Team Canada moved to 7-0 with an 8-3 win over Team Alberta. The win sets up a big final round-robin game between Team Anderson and Team Holman of Ontario for first place in Pool A. After the game, Kerry Anderson reiterated that although the game versus Ontario might have some additional meaning when it comes to seeding in the championship pool, she and her team make a point of viewing each game at the Scotties as being equally important. Uh, every game means something. Everyone, right from the first one to the last. So um, I take every game the same, and we do. So we, being number one, it, it is nice, but uh, uh, we're just going to focus on the game and not uh, the result. In other Draw 15 action, Team Brothers of Nova Scotia ended their Scotty's journey on a winning note with an 8-3 victory over Northern Ontario. While the Northwest Territory set up a win-in-your-in game versus wildcard Team Peterson tomorrow afternoon, defeating Yukon by a score of 10-2. After the game, Carrie Galusha spoke of the excitement she feels about her first real opportunity to advance in many appearances at the Scotties. Lots of years I'm like, why am I still curling? Why am I doing this to myself? It's not fun to come and lose constantly. So it's actually a lot of fun being in the mix this year. I know a lot. I know our pool, everyone said our pool was the harder pool. And we still thought we could make the championship round. And I know a lot of people laughed at us and didn't believe that. So, but I really believe in my team this year, even though we didn't have curl a lot. Uh, we trained for a couple of weeks before coming here. And so we felt confident. So we've still been up and down this whole week, but we have been getting stronger. So we're, we're excited to play tomorrow in that game. And finally in draw 15, Team Holman moved to 6-1 and one with a victory over wildcard Team Zacharias. After the game, Rachel Holman spoke about Team Zacharias, one of the more well-regarded women's teams to come out of the Canadian junior ranks since Holman's own team a decade ago. 
Yeah, I mean, out there you can see why they're so highly regarded. They had a, a phenomenal game and had us on our toes and came down to a couple shots here or there, and, and they're doing all the right things, um, and they, they look phenomenal out there. Um, they're they're going to win a ton and probably beat us a ton as well along the way, <laughs> but uh, kudos to them for um, their coaching and uh, their dedication to the sports. They're uh, a phenomenal team, absolutely. My final guest this week is four-time world and four-time Briar champion Glenn Howard. We discuss a harrowing snowmobile accident that will limit how much he will play at the upcoming Briar. And we also discuss the Scotties and the next generation of curlers in Canada. Glenn, my first question during these uh, waking up with the Scotties features is, uh, what is your go-to beverage in the morning to help get your day off on the right foot? My go-to beverage in the morning is a cup of tea. I am a little tea granny. My grandmother got me on it when I was about 12 years old. A little bit of milk in the bottom of the cup and a a nice uh, 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 steeped uh, tea is what I go to. So, Glenn, uh, the curling world found out a couple of days ago that you took a pretty big spill on a snowmobile recently and that you hurt yourself pretty bad. Uh, Can you share what happened and how you're feeling? Yeah, basically, uh, just a little while ago, um, I was out snowmobiling with my son, Scott, and Unfortunately, um, I came around a corner and, and like I tell everybody, this tree jumped out into the middle of the trail and I couldn't avoid it and, and ran into a tree with a snowmobile. And uh, I did, did, my, did a bit of a number on myself. I broke a bunch of ribs, and, um, which wasn't great. Um, and I'm on the mend right now. Unfortunately, I, I haven't been able to, uh, to practice at all until literally yesterday. So uh, I, I kind of, when I had it, I knew I, knew I was going to be able to play. Uh, I, I knew I was going to be ready you know, for the the beginning of the briar, but I, you know, how ready am I going to be? Am I fully prepared? Not, not even close. But uh, so that, that brought us to the next point where we're going to bring in uh, Mr. Mada, Mr. Wayne Mada and to, to help play. And uh, I, yeah, I, I think who knows, I, I, I might be able to play a little bit. Uh, I'm definitely not playing a lot. Um, and the bottom line is, is how prepared am I going to be literally a, you know, a week out just, I hadn't thrown a rock in three months and uh, you know, it's in my knees a little sore because of that. Um, I, I haven't been able to work out to keep my body in shape because of the injury uh, and the ribs are sore. Uh, so to be honest with you, Frank, that's okay. I'm at peace with that. Whether I play it at, at all or a little bit doesn't matter. Um, I'm just happy to be thankful to be walking and alive because uh, it could have been a lot more serious than it was. So are you sure it wasn't Scott throwing a tree in your way so that he might be able to skip a team at the briar? <laughs> no he uh he was good we uh it's funny if you want to go down that road uh so basically when i when i did hurt myself i knew i knew that you know how who knows like how how fast you heal at 58 years old am i going to be able to play am i not i'm not going to be perfect regardless so it made sense to, to get a, a really solid replacement and uh, uh scott felt that you know if we can get a really good skip uh, let's do that and and all four of us picked William Madon. he uh obviously he hasn't been playing you know, he hasn't been playing on tour. He hasn't play, played since he broke his leg five years ago. But, uh, you know, I curl with him on Tuesday nights with our wives, and he's been doing that for, for years. Um, he, the biggest question was how much can he play? But he was so excited to be involved. He's working his tail off. We're out on the ice uh, all the time now throwing rocks. He's getting himself ready. And and I'll tell you, there's nobody I'd rather have out there than Wayne Madaw get fire a little, uh, put a fire under his butt, uh, look out. He's going to come out, and he, and he wants to win. He wants to go there to win, so he's going to give it 150%, and he's going to uh, he's going to get the best out of the boys. So uh, it's going to be exciting. I'm really kind of cool to, uh, or excited to see how uh, how they all make it. 
And Glenn, I realize that Wayne has not played much over the past couple of years, but most teams have played very few games this season. So do you think this might be a good year to have someone like Wayne step in for you uh, competing at the Briar, considering the other players will not have had many more reps than, uh, than Wayne has had heading into the bubble? It sure, it sure doesn't hurt, Frank. I think it's it's a better. You're right. I think it's a it's a better situation than the norm. Had everybody been playing all the way through and him not, uh, would have been horrible. But not many. You know, people are the guys are throwing rocks. Don't get me wrong. They're out there, but they're not. They don't have the reps. They don't have the games under their belt. They don't have. Uh, it's going to be a little bit weird for everybody. Whereas Wayne's is walking in here like this is this isn't changed at all for him for five years. And uh, and and the game the game is he, it sure as hell hasn't passed him by. He's you know he coaches the arguably the well the best the women's team in, in curling and he's been coaching them for a few years. Uh, he's he watches. He's he's one of the best strategists out there. So uh, he he knows what to do with the, and get the best out of the boys. So yeah, to answer your question, I think it is the perfect time to do it and. Uh, uh, he, he's going to be ready. And that's, that's what, uh, and then again, if I am in a pinch, if I'm needed, I'm going to be there to play. Like most Canadian curling fans, uh, you've been watching the Scotties this week. Considering most of the teams had played very little this season, what were your expectations when the Scotties started? And as someone who knows the sport much better than most, are there things you're seeing on the ice in Calgary that you typically would not expect to see at a Scotties? The first part of the question, Frank. Yeah, I, I kind of uh, I wasn't sure what to expect. I did I did feel that the the majority of the teams would be off a little bit. Just they'd be missing that uh, half step, uh, just because it's so different, right? They haven't had a chance to prepare and train properly. They haven't had the games. They don't have the reps. Blah blah blah. This sort of thing. But it, it's true. And I, I think I think the product. It's funny. I've been pleasantly surprised by some of uh, of some consistent play, uh, play, and then I've also been a little bit call it disappointed that I figured that uh, a few of the games should have been a little bit better played um, just from a, from a, you're like, like you said, from a competitive point of view. Uh, but I think all in all is kind of what I expected. I think um, what we're going to see though, as, as the, as the girls get more comfortable with the ice and they get comfortable with themselves and, and reps meaning games under their belt, like that's going to be huge for them. I think you'll see the play is going to get better and better as the days go on. Now, there are a couple of young teams really playing well at the Scotties this weekend, Calgary, uh, Glenn. Uh, how impressed have you been with what you've seen from some of these young players competing hard and not looking out of place at their first Scotties? Well, first of all, I, I love the fact that, you know, I, I love seeing these young kids out there, and they are. They're just young kids, uh, you know, having fun, enjoying our sport, uh, very well coached. Uh, they know what they're doing out there. Incredible amount of experience they're going to they're going to get from from maybe their first Scotties. Uh, this is going to bode so well for their future. And and the way I look at it, uh, Frank, is as I think our our game in Canada, the sport of curling in Canada, is really alive and well and in, in good hands. When you see these these young girls out here uh, uh, playing their hearts out, and you can tell they love it. They they're really enjoying themselves out there. And and you know this is the biggest stage for them uh, to get out to, for the Scotties uh, in. Uh, obviously in the bubble in Calgary and uh, they're able, you know, they're on national television. A lot of them have been with the juniors, but on the same token, this is the, this is the big leagues and, and they're performing well to your point. They're performing well. They're, they're making a few, there's been a few junior mistakes, so to speak, but uh, they're going to learn from that. They're going to go back. They're going to watch the tape. They're going to have people, you know, uh, coaching them along the way and saying, Hey, would you, what about this? And you think of this? Oh yeah. And uh, uh, you know, but they're just learning and they're getting better and better all the time. And now they're going to, this is a bit of a litmus test. They're playing against the best in, in the country 
and they're going to see how good they are. And uh, I think it's awesome. I love watching it. And finally, Glenn, there's been a push recently from some people to get more of the younger Canadian teams involved in events such as the Slams, the Canada Cup, and even the Brian Scotties. I was speaking to Brad Gushu earlier today, and he was telling me that he thinks it could harm a player or a team's development uh, just as much as it could help it. What's your take on getting more young teams involved in those types of uh, of events? I agree with, with Brett, what Brad said. Um, I, I think... You know, just to throw them in there, you know, make sure there's a team at the slam every time. I don't think is the way you do it. You, you have to, you have to earn your stripes. You have to, uh, you take it on the chin and go and 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 learn from it. And uh, I think it gives you it gives you a goal. It gives you something like, hey, I want I want to be a, a regular on the slam tour. Well, how do we get to become a regular on the slams? In the we have to get a lot better. How do we get a lot better? Blah blah blah. Whether it's be coaching teams, whatever, and then go out and play, and then you start, you start, you're building your way up. You make, you get your wins. You get more CTRS points. You get where you get your higher ranking, and that's the whole point of a ranking system. You don't want to. I'm not a big fan of constantly bringing in, say, a, a, a 75th ranked team taking a spot away from a, a 16th ranked team because the 16th ranked team is doing really well and they're doing what they're supposed to be, and that's why we have a ranking system because they're the best of the best. And that's who gets into the slams. So it gives you a goal as, as a young team to get there and go out and, and hopefully maybe, and then we do have a, a feeder with uh, like the tier two, which is awesome. And then there's, that brings in another 16 teams of a, of a lower rank and, and they get a chance to go in and, and, and play at that level. And if they win that, they get a buy into the main level. So I think that's what I, I like that idea. And it gives you, it gives them a goal as opposed to just sort of giving them a chance all the time. And to Brad's point, you want to go on five because they're not really learning. Uh, but if they build themselves up and they get themselves good enough, then um, I think they're going to learn more that way. The full interviews I did with both Brad Gushu and Glenn Howard will be part of the 2021 From the Hack Briar Preview, which will be posted online next week. That does it for today's episode of Waking Up with the Scotties. Join us tomorrow for more recaps, insights, and interviews from the 2021 Scotties.